Great. 
morning church, would you please rise for our first song? Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Well, he makes a way where there ain't no way. Scripture reading this morning is Psalm 146, 3 through 8. 
Don't put your confidence in powerful people. There is no help for you there. When they breathe their last, they return to the earth, and all their plans die with them. But joyful are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He made heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He keeps every promise forever. He gives justice to the oppressed and food to the hungry. The Lord frees the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are weighed down. The Lord loves the godly. This is the word of the Lord. Please remain standing as we confess our faith together in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Let us go to God in prayer. So if you would, please bow your heads. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning for this opportunity to be together. But Lord, we know that all over this world and all over our lives, there's all sorts of strife and problems and troubles. And Lord, we know that you're the great healer. You're the one who can fix everything. And Lord, we just place our trust in you this morning as we move forward. Lord, this morning we also ask that you bless our worship time together, our fellowship time. And Lord, just keep us under your protection. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. amen. Inside, 
Come on up for the kids' message. <clears throat> yeah, come on up. Find a seat up here on the floor. I've got a couple things I want to show you. <clears throat> All right. I've got two different kinds of hearts up here. So I've got one heart of clay. See how soft and flexible that is? Yeah, so that's a clay heart. Let's put that in a cup. And then I have another heart, and it is a hard, cold, woo, slippery, icy heart. Thank you. Can I have that? Thank you. Well, you know what? Let, we're, what we're going to do is take a look at how people react differently when they meet Jesus. All right, so let's put that one in a cup. And I'm going to put these both in the microwave. All right? Let's see what happens. All right? So we're going to put these in, both in here. They're both going to go in together. And then we'll start this for a minute. And then let's take a look at what happens with Jesus in Luke chapter 4. All right? So in Luke chapter 4, Jesus goes back to his hometown. And he goes to the synagogue to worship God. And he gets there. And then he reads from Isaiah. All right? And this is what he reads. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So Jesus said, spoke these words. He read these out of Isaiah. And then he said, this is about me. This is going to be fulfilled in me today because I'm here. And people spoke well of him. And then he kept on talking, and he said some really hard things, some tough things that people didn't really like. And then they got mad at him, and they actually took him to the edge of a cliff, and they were going to stone him to death and kill him. But Jesus walked right through because it wasn't time for him to die yet because he was going to complete these things that he read in Isaiah. He was going to do these things, and then he was going to die on the cross to rescue us from our sins. All right? But you know what? People reacted differently, didn't they? So microwave's done, isn't it? Let's check and see what happens here with these two 
clay and ice cube hearts. All right. So here's the here's the clay heart. So you gotta stay seated so everybody can see. All right. Let's take a look at the clay heart. Oh my! It's kind of it got dry. Oh, it's not very flexible anymore, is it? No. Oh my. That is dry and crumbly and hard, isn't it? Let's check the other ice cube, or the ice cube heart. You're right. It was just water. It melted, didn't it? And you know what? Just like when people met Jesus and heard what he had to say, some hearts were softened and they were melted and they loved Jesus. Some hearts got hard and they were against Jesus, and they even wanted to kill Jesus, right? But you know what? These two hearts were in the same microwave, weren't they? But they reacted a lot differently. Jesus is the same, and he never changes. But you know what? People can react differently. So we can be like this ice heart, right, that melted by the love of Jesus, right? Or sometimes people can kind of get hard hearts against Jesus and not believe, they do make some houses out of clay, don't they? Yeah, that's right. Yep. They make some out of ice, too. Igloos. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so we get to be like the people that have the, had the icy hearts that were melted by Jesus, right? Because we get to get, to get warmed and melted by the love of Jesus. All right? So let's react that way, and let's be melted by the love of Jesus. And then let's go share that love with others, too, so they can know about Jesus as well. All right? Will you pray with me? Fold your hands and repeat after me. Dear Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. And I trust in you. Please soften my heart and melt it with your love so that I can love you more. Amen. All right, boys and girls, thanks for coming up. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, kids. Nice message. Well, good morning and welcome. If you are a first-time visitor here, a special welcome to you. We are so delighted that you're with us in worship today. Certainly extend that invitation that you'll come back again. And if you need to know more about 1C Church, who we are, how we do things here, you can text 1C Guest to 94000. That'll connect you with us, put you in touch with a staff person. We'll be glad to sit, visit you in your home, sit with you with a cup of coffee at the mug, and just field some questions that you might have. Later in the service, we'll be doing prayer requests. You can text those requests to 402-242-5051. We print those off, we give them to the person who's going to do the prayers of the people, and we just pause for a few moments to lift those prayers up to the Lord. Online giving is a possibility. A way to say, thank you, Lord, you have blessed me. Let me return to you a portion of what you have given me. And you can do this. You can text to give. You can do online giving. You can do the church center app. There's a lot of ways to do that that I hope that you would find convenient. And also, during this next song, we'll be passing the joy baskets here in the sanctuary. Today, at 1215, Next Steps is happening. This is going to be on the Far East side in the community room over there where our kitchen is at. Uh, invite you to go over there and just spend a little bit of time looking and thinking and praying 
and hearing about what might be my next step. What might be the more that God wants me to do in service to his kingdom? And finally, deeper dive. What is that? We have a we do this we do a sermon of course on Sunday and then between the services at 10:10 to 11 to 10:50 we gather here in the sanctuary and we just kind of pull out and tease out more of that sermon it's a chance for people just to say this this resonated with me this was meaningful to me and we look at some additional scriptures we do that here we do it on Tuesday nights out at Big 10 and, and it happens again in here on Wednesday evening. So I invite you to take advantage of those and um, come in for a deeper dive. And that's all the announcements I have. Let's continue to worship. I see the sun rise in the morning And a million stars at night I hear the birds that can't stop singing Hallelujah goodness when I fall down and his grace that picks me up every day I can't stop singing hallelujah and how can you not see God Can you not? 
One of the ways that God has given us to see him is through the sacrament of communion, which we're coming to right now. And I certainly invite you to participate here at the Lord's table. Um, in a moment, there'll be a slide that tells us a little bit about what we believe about communion here at 1C. And if you get a chance to read that and um, understand it, and if you ever have questions about communion, you can certainly come see one of us. But before we come to the Lord's table, let's just take a moment for confession, to examine ourselves, to open our hearts to the Holy Spirit, and have him just speak to us about our own sin. And we do this in the words that you find up here on the screen. Let's read together. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. And it is always my privilege to announce to you that upon the profession of that confession statement, your sins are forgiven. What God has done is taken them and he remembers them no more. He removes them as far as the east is from the west. And when we come to the table this morning, there is this opportunity to experience that forgiveness and to experience the life and the salvation that he has given us in Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner also, after supper, he took the cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen.
And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you and preserve you and keep you steadfast in the one true faith. Go in his peace and in his love. Amen. Let's go to God this morning in prayer. Father, we just come to you with everything that weighs upon us and the things that bring us joy. And we just thank you for those and ask you to carry us through the others. Father, we just want to lift up to you Pastor Jim and Randy and Greg, the staff and the worship team that brings our worship time to life on Sunday mornings. We thank you for them. Father, we just pray that you put a blessing upon them and strengthen them. And Father, we just lift up all the unspoken prayers this morning also. We just know you hear us and, and know where we are in our walk with you and just be with us. Join me as we say the Lord's Prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. A reading from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to the opening of the prison for those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The fulfillment of this scripture, as you have heard it, is today. Mm. Well, let me try this again. I'm always getting in the way of the videos. Good morning, church. Thank you very much. Well, I'm going to read um, this 
larger portion of this passage, it's, it's from the fourth chapter of Luke. It includes what we just heard Jesus read uh, from, the, from the prophet Isaiah. But just to kind of capture it in some context. So this is Luke 4, 14 through 21. Then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. So by the time we arrive at this place in Luke's gospel, this fourth chapter, several things have already happened. Jesus has been baptized by John in the Jordan River. The Spirit has descended on Jesus like a dove, and he has been through his 40-day temptation in the wilderness where Satan encountered him and tempted him three times. And then we come into chapter 4, which opens with, then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit. He could have gone to a lot of different towns in Galilee, but he goes to his hometown of Nazareth. Now, Nazareth is no destination hotspot around Galilee. It, It didn't have a very good reputation, not very well thought of. One of the ways we know this is when the disciple Nathaniel was told, I think by Philip, that, you know, we've, we've, we found the Messiah, we found Jesus, and, and he comes out of Nazareth. And do you remember what Nathaniel said? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Well, yeah. I mean, if, if you and I were to answer that question, we might say, oh, yeah. Yeah, something very good has come out of Nazareth. Jesus himself. But for reasons that we don't know, Jesus chose his hometown as the launching pad for his Galilean ministry. This is where the ministry in Galilee starts. And you know, Jesus always acts with purpose, so he knew exactly why he was doing this. So just kind of a a, a quick aside, Um, in this episode three of season three of The Chosen, and that's where this clip came from this morning, the writers do a very credible job of creating a scene where Jesus is in his boyhood home, and he, he comes to Nazareth, and he visits with his mother. He goes to a celebration of the Jewish New Year, and he engages with old friends and with neighbors and with people who knew him. And it's in this context that he was invited then to do the morning 
reading at the synagogue on the next day on the Sabbath. And so how the chosen tells this story is, is really believable. It parallels nicely to what the text says us, which is he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath. And he was handed this scroll of the prophet Isaiah, and he read a text that was, I don't know, at least 700 years old. And I just want to read it to you again. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. This is from Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 and 2. And what it is is a prophetic reference to the mission of Jesus. This is what he was sent to do. And he has been about the Father's business since then, bringing good news to the poor, proclaiming to those captives to sin that they can be set free, restoring sight to the blind, releasing the oppressed to freedom, and announcing everywhere he went that the time of the Lord's favor has come. So the text paints this picture, a very, a very comforting picture of some, of some news that's quite extraordinary. I think it has two points. And the first one is, is that God has always known our condition. And the second one is God has always known what he would do about our condition. So what do you think? Is it accurate to describe ourselves as being poor and captive and blind and oppressed? Do you, do you and I see ourselves that way? Now, they, they can be read in one way and understood in the sense that it describes a, a, a physical condition. We can see it that way. And they are indeed physical conditions, and they've been around, well, since sin entered the world. Those four things have been around a very long time. But they also correspond to certain conditions of heart and soul. And when we slow down the pace of our lives enough to examine ourselves in the presence of Jesus, it can be a very, very transformative moment when we come face to face with our own brokenness, our own bondage to sin. And we make this remarkable discovery that in, as we see that about ourselves, we discover that the gospel comes and meets us fully and restores us fully. Yes, the gospel does meet us in our need for sin forgiveness. That is true, and thanks be to God for that. But it has a power that applies to our lives at the level of the whole person. We look to Jesus for restoration in every area of our lives. Every area. 
So when Jesus read the Old Testament scroll of Isaiah, he was revealing God's heart for the people he had created. And in sending Jesus, God is expressing his, his deep love, his deep compassion for a broken and a hurting world. He knows who are the poor. And how do we read this? How do we understand this? Poor in a financial material sense, yeah. Yeah, it could certainly be understood that way. God's heart is not callous towards those who suffer in the grind of poverty. He doesn't close his eyes to those. But he also cares about the poor in spirit. This is the poor that Jesus talked about in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5. The poor in spirit, these are the ones who recognize that they are utterly spiritually bankrupt. Before God, they are utterly spiritually bankrupt. And, and being spiritually poor is to understand that you and I have absolutely nothing of worth to offer God. We don't bring anything to the party but our brokenness. It is admitting that because of our sin, we are completely destitute spiritually, and we can't do anything to deliver ourselves from this situation. Jesus is saying that no matter what our status in life might be, we recognize this spiritual poverty, and we have to recognize that before we can come to God in faith. To receive the salvation he offers. He has come to bring good news to the spiritually poor. But what else does God know about our condition? Well, he knows who are the captives. And the captives to whom Jesus proclaimed liberty were spiritual captives to sin and to the law, stuck, just horribly stuck, captive. In our efforts to try and earn enough righteousness, we can't do that. It's, it's doomed to failure. We'll never be able to, to measure up. We can't do it. We can't gain access to the kingdom of God on our own. And why is that? It's because of this captivity that we're in. We're captive to sin, and we need a Savior who can shatter the chains of our captivity. He has come to proclaim that captives will be released. Further, God knows this about our condition. He knows who are the blind. Now, there are marvelous stories throughout the four Gospels that provide lots of evidence of Jesus healing people who were physically blind. You've probably read many of them going through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But there is a, there is a more severe blindness. There's a spiritual blindness. And its cause is made 
very clear in the scriptures. What causes this spiritual blindness? We read about it in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, where Paul says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Blinded. Jesus has come to give sight to the spiritually blind. He also knows who are the oppressed. Now, oppressed, interesting word. It it can certainly refer to, to individuals. It can refer to entire cultures. It can refer to entire nations being in bondage under the savage hand of an oppressor. You're a student of history. You can read about this across the timeline of humanity. There's always been an oppressor. There's always been people in bondage. But it's not just a physical condition. It is also a spiritual and a mental condition condition. I would say this, spiritual bondage is often the result of the mad pursuit of an idol of any kind. That's where it will take you. And you and I, we can, we can imagine the things over the years of our lives that have put us into bondage. It can be a pretty lengthy list. But the glorious good news, and this is what Jesus was saying in the synagogue on that day, I've come to set free those who are under the oppression of spiritual bondage. And what I do, the freedom that I'm bringing you, will reach into every part of who you are. Jesus came to set the oppressed free. In that synagogue in Nazareth, Jesus made this earth-shattering claim. It was the last thing that we heard on this clip this morning. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Imagine being in the audience in that synagogue and hearing that. Particularly if you're an Orthodox Jew and you just read from the prophet Isaiah... 700 years this has been talked about. And here's this scruffy guy from Nazareth, and he's saying this has been fulfilled. Now, the, the, the scene goes on, and it gets quite a bit more intense. And if you've watched this, this season three, episode three, you know what I'm talking about. It does not go well. All the way to an angry mob taking Jesus out to shove him off a cliff because that's the punishment for someone making a claim like he did. (laughs) But here he is unveiling God's plan to restore what had been lost. We don't have to remain spiritually poor or captive or blind or oppressed. In this passage, 
Jesus announces to us the year of the Lord's favor. And indeed, he has come to bring good news to the poor, liberty to captives, sight to the blind, freedom to the oppressed. And you know what, brothers and sisters? This is just not some fluffy, make-me-feel-good-about-myself cycle babble. These are real words with substance. He came to meet head-on the dirty and messy work of binding up earthly wounds and healing broken hearts. And it is indeed a messy work. Jesus has done it. He came to rescue and restore this grief-stricken, sin-sick, weary world. Please remember this, if you remember anything from this message this morning. God has always known our condition, that we're poor, captive, blind, and oppressed. He's always known that about us. And he has always known what he's going to do about that condition. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news. He has sent his anointed one. God has sent his anointed one, this Jesus, to free us. And this is the best news ever for you and for me and for the person you're sitting next to this morning. Amen. If you would please stand and receive the blessing of the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace. Amen. shine upon you, be gracious to you, Lord, turn his face toward you, and give you peace, sing with me.